welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, headmaster of Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Noah Tetzner, a curious student of classical education and podcast producer. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of A Court of Three Strands. You know, we're dealing with the moral virtues these days. And today we're going to be talking about the moral virtue of justice. Mr. Young, what is justice? Excellent question, Noah. I wish someone would have asked that question thousands of years ago. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's been asked all sorts of times, right? Um, I, I, I'm just kind of tongue in cheek in it. Um, we, no one, I just before we went on the, the air, uh, we're, we're talking about a, a movie. Yes. Um, what was it called again? To end all wars. To end all wars. And and uh, we had talked about he and I that, that during this movie, it's uh, World War Two, and he's uh, this guy's a prisoner of war. Yeah. In uh, Th- the, Thailand, right? Yeah, under the Japanese. Under Empire. the Japanese in Thailand. And um, they start a school like this underground school as prisoners. And it's a true story, right? It's all true story. Yeah. And in it, they're, they're reading um, Plato's Republic and uh, Plato's Republic starts off with that question, like what is justice? And they have these, these uh, different characters in Plato's Republic um, are talking to Socrates and Socrates is, you know, doing his thing, uh, asking him questions um, so their arguments fall apart, but like, what is justice? And, um, and in the, in the movie, you have people that take the role of different, uh, parts of that book, you know, yeah. trying to figure out what justice is. Um, you know, one of the, the big things that is <clears throat> comes across has to do with, uh, justice is, um, giving to the other, what is owed them. Right. right? And it goes back to last episode, we talked about how we live in a world uh, where we're placed under obligation. You know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't just pop up in some meadow somewhere apart from people. Yeah. I was born into a series of relationships, right? I, I was born with parents. I have brothers. I have, um, right. In, I was born in California. So there's, the state, you know, I was born in Escondido. There's, so there's San Diego County there. There's, yeah. there's, um, there's a city, there's a state, there's a, a country, the United States of America. Um, uh, I had grandparents, right? All these obligations are, are placed on me the moment I'm born. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, the idea of, uh, of being a virtuous person, a, a morally just person 
is someone who acts according to these obligations that they, they perform their duty well. Right. So, so in the movie, this one group thinks, right. If a just person then is going to treat their enemy or they're going to treat their friends with friendship and they're going to treat their enemies with enemies as enemies, right. We want to kill them. We want to, yeah, we want to overcome them. And, um, and, and so that was one of the the topics of discussion in Plato's Republic. And, and then in uh, Plato, Plato, um, goes on using the voice of Socrates, um, wants to describe what justice really is by showing what a just soul is. And the way he's going to demonstrate that is by describing a just city that is analogous, analogous to the soul. Right. Right. So, so in Plato's mind, you have this well-ordered soul, um, that's run by the rational principle, which is the philosopher king. And you have the guardians, which is the spirited part of the soul, who's going to um, make sure that the, the, the rest of it, the appetitive part, the, the hoi polloi, the people, right. Who, yeah. who just are there to make money and live for pleasure and stuff are kind of in line. Right. So that's, that described that just city and that just soul. And, and, um, and one of the questions in, in the, uh, um, the book in Plato's Republic is, uh, um, has, has there really ever been a just man or with, you know, and, and the Plato seems to be saying that no one really desires to be truly just. They only want to seem to be just. Yeah. And then the, the hypothetical comes, what if there was really a just man? And they said in the beginning part of the plate of Plato's Republic, he says, if there's really a just man, if a really truly just man, not just seeming to be just, but truly just man uh, came, they would be beat up. They'd be spit upon. They'd be insulted. They'd pull their beard out and they'd be impaled on a pole or, or crucified. Wow. Or crucified. Right. Yeah. And then the end of the book, it says that um, that just man that they killed would be hailed as a God. And of course the people in the movie, these Westerners, Westerners who are taking this Plato's course, they, they disagree with the idea of, of exacting uh, vengeance against one's enemies as being justice. They said there really was a just man who came and that was Jesus. Jesus really did come as the son of God who was just and was hung on a tree. Yeah. He was, he was beaten and cursed and spit upon and his beard pulled out and flogged and impaled on a tree crucified. Yeah. And, and he is God. And so because the just man came and the just man says you're to love your enemies and pray for those who persecuted you, you had some people in the camp plotting revenge against the enemies mm-hmm. and you had some in the camp following the way of Jesus, the just man. And they're yeah. going to, they're going to pray for them. They're going to, to do good. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that, and that's how I, I'm not going to tell you how the movie ends. Yeah. But man, if you've never seen this movie, you have to see it actually read Plato's Republic first and then, and then read it. But, but this Plato's Republic, what is a just man? Yeah. Uh, people in a prison cell. What does it mean? What does justice mean? Uh, it, it's always like, we just, you know, the summer of 2020 with cities burning down, no justice, no peace. What is justice? Right. That, that's a huge 
mm-hmm. huge topic. So when you ask me that question, Noah, yeah, what is justice? It's a huge thing. Wow. So let me give you the answer. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to give you an answer. Okay, right. Justice as a moral virtue is this: it, it's the constant and firm will to give what is due, right, to, to others. That is. Uh, what you owe to God and your neighbor. Uh, justice towards God is called piety. Justice towards men can be summed up as loving your neighbor as yourself. The just man, often mentioned in scriptures as well as Plato's Republic, uh, is distinguished by habitual right thinking and the uprightness of his conduct towards his neighbor. Right? So scripture says things like, you shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness, Shall you judge your neighbor? Right. So righteousness and justice are the same word in Greek. Okay. It's the same word. So we, in English, we've kind of uh, separated out righteousness as some sort of personal moral thing, whereas justice has to do with society yeah. or something like that. But in, in the Greek and scripture, the, the, the two words are the same word. Um, uh, you know, even, uh, in, in an area of slavery, when there was slavery, the Bible said, masters teach your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So there's this, this, this idea of, of an obligation we have uh, to, our, to our neighbor to, to do what's owed to them. Yeah. Now, if we were ignorant of the scriptures, right, um, we would have a... Um, we could have the similar, a similar definition of justice. It's just that justice would look a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so when I say justice as a moral virtue, it's this idea of, of this firm, um, uh, a, a firm and constant will to, to, to do right or to, to give the due. Um, in our context, we're talking as Christians, right? So we understand that what is owed others is, is given to us by God in scripture. It's given. So Plato and his definitions of justice or his looking at what a just man is or what is owed to others. Um, it isn't quite true, right? Mm. No, no human being has been able to really come up with what justice really is. Um, because a lot of, a lot of times you, you end up in, kind of circular arguments. Right. So, so Plato in another, uh, one of his dialogues, um, Euthyphro, um, I believe it's Euthyphro. He, he goes to, uh, he's going from, uh, to court because he's been in charge with impiety and, and he meets this guy who's taking his, he's going to sue his dad for murder. Um, because, <laughs> right. And yeah. it's like, well, that seems so weird that a son would, accuse his father and bring him to trial and yeah. murder. And, and, uh, and so he must be an expert at piety and right. And so, so, uh, so Socrates asks him these questions about piety and it becomes very like, is something pious because the gods approve of it? Or is it because, is it, is it approved of because it's pious, right? It becomes this circular. It's right. really, it's really hard. Um, and then in, in it's hard, especially with a polytheistic viewpoint, they have all these different gods and they disagree with each other and they, they don't agree on, on much. And so it's, it's really weird. It's 
It's, you, you can't, they never came to a conclusive answer, right? So, but as Christians, we know the one true God who's revealed his will in scripture. And so we know what we're, what is owed. We know what's owed to God, what God wants, right? What's the, you know, um, what, what are the print, the scriptures principally treat, uh, teach? That's what the Westminster Confession asks. And it says it principally teaches um, what we are to know about God and what um, duties are required of us. Yeah. That's what scriptures are. It's about the duties required of us. So, so a just person is someone who acts justly towards God and towards their neighbor, fulfilling their obligations. Of what's what's owed. So, so we as human beings, we've never really been able to, you know, cause like obviously the United States of America, we have a, a you know, department of justice, right. Yes. But, but we, we have never as humans been able to really figure out what true justice is. So to, to your point, a state, you know, in our case, it's the United States of America has a right to define what is uh, lawful and what's not right. So for them, justice, that is, um, if you fulfill the legal obligations that are placed on you in these United States, then you're a just person. And if you don't, yeah, you're not, and you, you get brought to court and yeah. Right. So, so our definition of justice has to do with legality. Okay. Right. So that's, that's one portion of it, but we, we can't, we can't talk about being a just person if we're only talking about legalities or even the law. Right. Right. There's um, the law never makes one just. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's God who does that. Yeah. For us now, as he's forgiven us of our sin, as he's um, uh, begun to change our hearts, our wills by this power of the spirit of God, we have a desire to do what's right. And what, and, and uh, we, the spirit, you might say, follows the spirit. Um, it, it's, it goes beyond just what the law requires. Right. So, right. so that, that whole idea of loving your enemy and praying for those who persecute you, that, that seems like extra commonsensical. That seems like, yeah. Like, why would you do that? If they're your enemy, you want to defeat them or kill them or right. something. And, um, and so natural, a natural man, a normal person, isn't going to even come up with that. Why that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but because this is what God did for us, you know, we were at enmity with him Yeah. and yet he sent his son to take on our punishment, to die on our, in our stead, his, he can, he can demand of us to do the same and give us his Holy spirit that we might actually desire to do so. Right. Right. So, so we have, uh, um, so the, 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 the justice or that which we're owed from, from God is, is, um, it, it goes beyond just the letter of the law. It, it goes with right. the spirit of it too. Yeah. 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 That may, okay. That makes perfect sense. That answers my question. So, you know, we, we talked about piety, you know, love, and we, we hit on this briefly, but I want to explore this. So love, love thy neighbor, you know, that has something to do with justice, love thy neighbor and pray for those who persecute you and all that. Um, you know, let, let's unpack that. What, what does it mean to love your neighbor and how does one love your neighbor? Sure. So, so we can go back to the 10 commandments 
And often what we have done is we've looked at it as um, the first four commands have to do with our relationship with God. And the next, you know, six have to do with our relationship with our neighbor. And in technically the first five, because honor your parents, honor your father and mother. Um, this is piety in, in, uh, in scriptural terms and yeah. in, and in the ancient world always had to do with fulfilling your obligations to God and your parents and your family. Right. Yeah. So a pious person is doing the first five commands and then the loving your neighbor really has to do with the next, uh, next five. Right. So if you go back to the 10 commandments and then how those 10 commandments, the moral law is, is talked about through the rest of scripture gives us an understanding of how, what it means to love your neighbor. Right. So for, for instance, it is not loving. Say I say I um, I um, well, you're a single man, and uh, let's suppose you you meet you you're, you head off to Iceland and you meet a a, a beautiful girl, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, and after um, after going on a few dates, you're like, oh man, I really love this woman, and you know, I I I really I really love her. So um, you know, maybe we should just go to bed. Okay, now that's how you feel. You're both adults and that's what she wants too. And this would be great. We can consummate our love. You know, this is, this is great. Well, scripture tells us that that's wrong, right? That's not the way you love a single girl. Yeah. The way you love her is to, um, is to commit to her in marriage and a lifelong yeah. commitment. And then, and then you can consummate your love, your marriage in that, that act of sex. So it's, it's, um, so to, to love your neighbor, to not commit adultery is how the 10 commandments put it, but it's spelled out in terms of fornication and other things throughout scripture. If I'm going to love her, I need to follow what scripture says, not just with how I feel. Right. Right. Cause, cause that's what, because that's one of so, so to, to engage in, you know, premarital sex like that, that's unjust, right? That's correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a righteous thing. It's not, it's not being just to her. It's not being just to you. It's not being just to God. It's yeah. It, it defiles all that. Right. Yeah. Now, um, or, or say, um, say you're, uh, say we're, we're here in my office, you know, doing the podcast, we get done and we overhear, um, a couple's parents talking about, um, something going on between them and we go, Oh, juicy gossip, right? Juicy, yeah. juicy information. And then we start sharing this with other people or something. Yeah. Right. That's, that's not loving. Right. Oh, right. but I, I just wanted them to be aware so they could be praying for them. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Christian gossip. No, I'm just right. kidding. That's just gossip, right? Yeah. We, we have an obligation to protect the reputations of other people. Right. That that's yeah. part of what it means to not bear false witness. Right. We're, we're, we're to, we're to protect our rep, the reputations of others. We're supposed to seek to improve the reputation of others. So if we hear something that's like this juicy tidbit, I need to bury that. Yeah. I can't talk about it. I could now I personally, because I somehow I overheard, maybe I could talk to him. I say, Hey, I overheard this. I'm so sorry. How can I pray for you? Yeah. That's good. 
I went directly to them and talked to them. And then now if they give me permission to share it with someone else to pray for, that's, that's great. But if I've just heard something, I don't have the right to do anything other than what's for their good. And it's not going to be telling other people. Yeah. Right. Why do I know that it's not about telling other people? Because scripture tells me that. Yeah. Right. I, I have, I have to, um, to help them with their own reputation or even things stealing, or even, you know, like we're, uh, <laughs> we have an obligation not only to not steal, but we have a, we have an obligation to help protect the personal property of other people. Yeah. Right. So the, the, if, if someone's cow comes wandering across someone's field into your own field, you don't get to keep it. There's no finders, keepers, mm-hmm. losers, weepers. That's not yeah. justice in the Bible. You know, that, that might be third grade schoolyard justice. That's just false justice, right? Yeah. If, if the cow comes, I have the responsibility. I have to go and, and return it. I have to, I have to, you know, it's not finders keepers. It's, Oh, I have the responsibility now, the obligation to make sure this gets back to its original owner. That's, that's it. Right. So, um, so this is, this is the idea. I have the responsibility in the commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Uh, not only for me not to steal from my neighbor, I have the responsibility to help my neighbor improve their, their lot. Yeah. And to protect their own, their wealth, not just my own. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's the opposite of socialism. Right. Scripture is the opposite of socialism. Yeah. How do you like that? I love it. We should lead with that next time. We should. <laughs> we should. Right. But that, that's, yeah. that's the idea. Um, socialism tends to be a, 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 based upon envy. Yeah. Right. They have more. I want them to have less and I want to gain it or it to be given. Well, that's, that's not up to us. My responsibility is to protect their, what they have in their own, in their stuff. Yeah. And if everyone would do that, we, it it would be great. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, bringing it back to classical education as yes. always, well, this whole thing is classical education, but bringing it back to, uh, you know, there's a lot of parents tuning in and obviously they're aware of the the three stages of one's development, grammar, yes. logic, and rhetoric. You know, how does justice relate to those stages? Perfect. Okay. So remember how last time we talked about prudence and one of the minor quasi, um, virtues or integral parts of prudence had to do with docility. Right. Right. So in that stage in early grammar, this is where we're going to be teaching them the commands of God. Yeah. <laughs> we want to teach them what the expectation is. We, this is what it means to be a just person is by being obedient to God and his word um, as it relates to him and as it relates to others. So, um, one of the things that I, I think is is of paramount importance when we're raising our kids is that anytime we set an expectation morally for them in terms of acting justly is that we it it needs to come from God and his word. In, in other words, um, I, I want to teach them the command that you are to honor your father and mother. I want to show them from scripture where it says that children are to obey their parents in the Lord. They're to obey their parents. Right. So if they're disobedient, and I brought this up last time, if they're disobedient, they're sinning. Yeah. And, and I, and I shouldn't, 
continue to give them more and more opportunities to sin, all that's doing is reinforcing the idea that they can just get away with stuff. Right. I'm not going to count to three. I'm not going to do whatever I told them what to do. And if they don't do it, they're going to be punished for not doing it because disobedience. Right. So when this happens, what I'm going to do is point them to God and his law. This is what God has commanded us. I'm under God's authority to train you. Mm -hmm. You're under my authority to obey me. And if you're breaking his command, you're sinning against God. And I'm going to discipline you so that when you're older, God won't have to. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we would always at our house, you'd, you'd come into the bathroom and we had this nice if then chart, which I okay. highly recommend. Okay. And, and when, it, when we do a next season, we're going to do parenting. I'll talk about this at length. Yeah. But an if then chart says, if you do this and it has like these pictures of different yeah. you know, disobedience, rebellion, stealing, <laughs> uh, you know, lying, you know, that, that these types of things. And then it had, and it has the, the actual yeah. name of these sins. And then it has a scripture verse that, oh. that points to you like this is this is what God says about these things. And then it has a punishment. Wow. Right? And so yeah. so one, one of the a couple of the hard things that parents have uh, have in, in being consistent with discipline is there's a number of things. One is um, mom and dad not being on the same page. And, and that's really important that you are. And if you're not on the same page, if then chart can help big time two is um, knowing what to do when it happens. Like if, if something happens, what am I, what's the punishment? And, and often moms are, or dads are caught off guard and they don't. Right. Yeah. Uh, thir third is, is that we're sinners. Parents are sinners and we can overreact. Right. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to discipline and anger and then, you know, strike my kid in anger or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you might go, well, I'd never do that. Well, I would say then you're, you shouldn't do it because if you don't think you're capable of doing it, you're the last person that should be spanking your kids. <laughs> right. We, right. we need to, we need to be understand that we're sinners and we're all, we all have that capacity to be abusers. Yeah. And so what, what this does is that it, it puts in advance. What, what is it? The punishment. And not only you, but also your child knows what the expectation is. So, so is the logic there, Mr. Young, again, not a parent um, that, you know, different sins, different levels of disobedience result in a different level of punishment. Yes. Yes. So we want it to, to be associated with what God's law says even. Okay. So for instance, if one of my, if my child, we go back to disobedience, if my child's disobedient, we go to the bathroom. So we have a set aside place where discipline takes place. We go into that place. We open up the cupboard where there's the big chart. I point out, you know, you disobeyed. This is what scripture says about disobedience. Mm -hmm. And then there it says you get two swats. Yeah. So then I take them over my knee. We do two swats, right? Yeah. You know, and, we, and then we, and we talk about it. Right. And then, and then he confesses, you know, you know, that he is a sinner and you know, what's going on in him. We confess it to God. There's forgiveness and we're done. We hug, you know, and then we're, I forgive you and, and we're done. And yeah. it's not talked about again. Right. Yeah. And so, so what it's doing is it's teaching them. I'm training my children that they are to be um, that, that what we're revolving our lives around and the moral standards that, of justness mm -hmm. is God's word. Mm -hmm. Right. 
suppose he steals something, right? He takes a toy from one of his brothers or, you know, or sister or something. Yeah. Now um, the, the law of God demands then double restitution. Not only do you give back what you've stolen, you have yeah. to give that amount back to them. So what we do is, is that they got caught stealing. Okay. We go in the bathroom, we talk about it. We go, okay. So you have to give that toy back to the, your brother. But now we're also going to give one of your toys to your brother. Wow. Right. Yeah. So not only have you restored the toy that you stole and now you have to give one of your toys to them. Yeah. Because that's how scripture talks about it. Yeah. Right. So the standard, the standard of right and wrong is from scripture, but God has told us. And then the punishments we want to do as best we can. Now we're not going to stone our rebellious child, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. but, um, but we, we want them to, to be repentant. Yeah. Right. So those, those things that are really looked at as, as poorly, we act, act, we typically had some sort of corporal punishment. Now it doesn't have to be that way. But, can I, can I yeah. just ask, so did you employ these things with your children, even when they were in like high school or, or how yeah. does it work as the kids get older? So, so here's when you started is when, as soon as they are old enough to walk. Okay. I mean, really when they're walking, this is what you're doing and they might not even understand it all, but you're putting them through this motion of like, this is what's happening. Yeah. They know that they've not done right. Right. You talk to them about it. You, you do, you do the discipline and, and you're done again, every time pointing to God and also that there's reckons the end result of your dis discipline. It's not punitive. It's rest restorative. Yeah. Right. Now there's some punitive aspects to it because we're trying to correct them. Mm. So, so the idea is, is that if you do this consistently, you know, by the time they're like, you know, second grade, you, you're almost never doing it. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of swatting happening when they're really young and there's very, very little after the age of five. Okay. Seriously. Wow. Just because yeah. you've been training them. Right. Wow. Right. And then, and then also kids get to a certain point and a SWAT doesn't matter anymore. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? So why, why bought, I'm not going to do, although the threat of it is still there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember my 16 year old one time I go, you don't think I can't take you over my knee and give you a SWAT you're wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that type of thing. But you know, it, 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 it's rare, but, but that idea is, it's like, this is the standard of behavior that God is requiring it's your obligation to me, to God, and then how you treat your brothers and sisters, how you treat your neighbors. You can't lie. You can't cheat and steal. You can't, you, you, you can't gossip. You can't use bad words. You can't swear or cuss. You can't, you know, these things are not appropriate. And so you're training them from a very young age. The, the second part of that training is this, is, as I mentioned, I know I, part of piety is also gratitude. Mm. Gratitude. Now, one, of the, one of the biggest parts of being a just person is someone who is, who understands that the life they have is a gift. Yeah. And, and so gratitude is the other thing. So at a young age, you're teaching your children to always be grateful, to always say thank you, mm -hmm. right? To, to show gratitude for the, the things, to to, to go to church and to sing praises and to, to give thanks that at every meal, we're giving thanks to the Lord and being grateful to him for the, when bad things happen, 
we talk about sovereignty of God and that God has a plan and a purpose and to give him thanks, right? Yeah. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we, we, we want to train them from a young age to be grateful. We want to teach him his obligations morally towards God and to his, his neighbor. Um, and then also the, the religious obligations of, of going to church, right. Yeah. Of, of, uh, of, of tithing, like from, from a very young age, whenever they get money, a gift or whatever, it's like, Oh, you got a dollar from the tooth fairy or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Here's nine dimes for you. And then here's the, Right. Uh, yeah. Tenth dime that goes to church, you know, and you, and you're just teaching them, you know, from a very young age, this is, this is what, this is what you do. This is a, a life of, of living your obligations before uh, God and your, your neighbor. Yeah. Right. So um, it, as they get to, to the upper grammar, uh, right through, through logic, you're going to teach them, you're now teaching them obligations in terms of like, how, how do you, how do you as, as a just person yeah. um, make sure that your relationships remain just, right? So I'm, we're teaching them um, how to, how to follow Matthew 18, for instance, right? So someone's done something who's wronged you. What is your obligation? Your obligation is not to vengeance. Yeah your obligation is to go and confront them to seek uh, repentance and reconciliation. Yeah. So you go to them, you don't go gossip about them. You don't go and complain about it. You don't, you go right to them and you confess it or you, you tell them what, what happened seeking. And if it doesn't work out, then you bring another, right. Bring your teacher, bring your parent into it. Right. But, but they become agents like, agents for this reconciliation. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard and no one wants to do it, but if you teach them at a young age, they will think it's normal. Hmm. Now hear me, parents, your children, if you train them in this way, will think that going directly to the source of whatever conflict or whatever injustice happened and seek reconciliation. If they're trained early enough, it will become normal. Now, now, if you just put yourself into your own shoes for a second, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't even have to pretend to be someone else. Think of your own experience. How many times you avoid confronting someone because they've wronged you? Yeah. You need to stop and act justly. Are, are you? <laughs> right? I'm right. Let yeah. me hold on. We need to stop and act justly. If someone's wronged you, you need to go talk to them and seek to restore them because that's your obligation. That's what Jesus himself has given you that obligation to make sure that you are reconciled with your brother. That's your responsibility. And we avoid it all the time. People in churches avoid it all the time. They'll leave churches and go to some other church because they don't want, because they feel like someone's wronged them. Wow. And rather than confronting that person and ta- seek to, for the purpose of reconciliation, they would rather hate them in their heart and go somewhere else. Or even worse, they will hate them in their heart and pretend that they're a victim. Yeah. Okay. And the reason I'm saying pretend they're a victim is because they're, they're harboring the hatred in their heart because they don't want reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. 
what they'd want. I mean, ideally what everyone wants is the other person to just do it automatically or to come begging them. Oh, I heard you. I forgive me. And that please, ladies and gentlemen, in the real world, that almost never, ever happens. No, that's why Jesus himself, our Lord said that when someone has offended you, you need to go and talk to them. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is what a just person does. A just person then, and following what scripture said in loving our neighbor, right? Think of this. I, I had at one point, I'm just kind of a, she might even be listening today, <laughs> but um, uh, after a sermon, our pastor, uh, Dan Jackson at Jacob's Well gave, um, I had a, a woman come up to me um, to say, that for the last, you know, several months, she was really upset with me. And, and she goes, you probably didn't even know that, did you? And I said, no, I'm so sorry. What did I do? Right. And then, and she kind of laughed because here all this time she's upset with me and, and what she was doing was avoiding me and doing things. I had no clue. I had no, no understanding. And now think of this. For that long, I had sinned against a sister in the Lord without knowing it. And for those months, she was upset with me. And I never had the opportunity. She did not give me the opportunity to repent. That's not loving. Does that make sense? Yeah. But she came, she came and she came to me finally and she confronted so that I can seek forgiveness from her. and We can be reconciled, which we are. Praise God. Right. Mm -hmm. But for those months, she was mad at me. I had no clue. Yeah. So I, I, uh, this thing happened. I didn't have the opportunity to repent because I didn't know. Uh, as just people, if we're seeking to be just people, um, honoring to the Lord, we just need to, we need to obey what the Lord has taught us. Yeah. Right? So we're we need to be grateful to God. We need to fulfill and to, and even to our parents and to our others, be grateful people. We need to be um, to be morally um, obedient to his commands and, and, you know, to what scripture says is right and wrong. Because justice is doing the right thing, right? Prudence is knowing the right thing to do. Justice is doing it, doing the right thing. Um, we need to fulfill our religious obligations and, and we need to, to fulfill our obligation to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what a just person does. Uh, in the rhetoric stage, it, you know, life has become more and more complex. Um, we're, you know, in the, in the upper grammar through logic stage, um, there's a lot of direction given to, to kids, students at Providence about yeah. this. Hey, I noticed this has happened. You need to go do this. You know, the, the, in the rhetoric stage, we're, we're more on along on this, uh, I, I want to say like, uh, instead of kind of over them as a teacher, we're kind of beside them as a mentor, right? We're there to help them. Yeah. To give advice. Yeah. They come to us and talk to us about some problems they might be having. We kind of give advice and stuff on how to live right, how to do yeah. the right thing or, or complication. Things <laughs> might seem complicated. Um, un unfortunately we live in a, in America in the 21st century is um, drama <laughs> seems to be yeah. um, 
what keeps people alive, you know, in right. our day and age, right? <laughs> the more drama, the more uh, alive you feel or something. I don't know. It's stupid. I, I hate drama. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so unfortunately a lot of kids, even though they're in, they're grown up in a church, they're grown in a Christian school. They, they're still the influence of social media, TikToks, and all this other stupid stuff. And, um, and like in their minds, drama somehow is normal. Yeah. Right. And what we want to do is, is tell them how stupid that is. Right. Right. Things don't have to be dramatic. We, we don't have to, you know, make things into a mountains and or molehills into mountains, right. Yeah. Making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Yeah. A, right. And so part of that mentoring thing is to kind of put them in check. Yeah. So what are you doing? That's stupid. <laughs> just go talk to them. Right. Just tell your parents. Just do right. Right. It's just, just do this. And, uh, and so yeah. part about being a, part about being a just person is, is that y- your, your presence will bring drama, but not your circumstances. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause the world doesn't know how to handle just people. Right. <laughs> they crucified Jesus. They're, they're going to, what, what's that one reference, Mr. Young? And I, I should forgive me for not knowing this off the top of my head where it's in the Bible. I remember hearing it all the time when I was at the height of my dramatic high school career. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's the, if you have a problem with someone, go to them alone and then go with yeah, two people. Matthew chapter 18. Okay. That's what gotcha. I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, bring it to the church and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a so, great reference. So the things could be resolved. Right. You know, I, I the, the, man, Disney. I, I can't <laughs> yeah, tell you how I much know. I just shake my head. Like the whole plot of frozen is, is that all she had to do was say, Hey, if I touch you, you freeze to death. I can't touch you. That's why I'm wearing gloves. Something like that. Then there would be no movie. All that drama would be done. Yeah. You just, right. I know. Why, why? Like, just tell them, I know, you know, and then I'll have kids go, but you don't understand. Of course I understand. I'm older and wiser than you. Are. Right. She just needs to tell the truth. It's true. It's crazy. No, I know Disney and always making fathers, you know, weak figures and that sort of thing. But anyways, no, this has been great, Mr. Young, you know, the moral virtue of justice. uh, It was really great. We got into some practical application. We also talked about the philosophy behind it. Plato's Republic recommended the movie to end all wars, but signing off today, what final words of wisdom would you leave us with? Yeah. The, the big thing is, is um, I, I think sometimes we forget that we have obligations, right? The, the commandments that God gives us, the teachings of Jesus Christ are not just simply good advice. These are things obligated to us. He is our God. He is our Lord. We literally call him the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have an obligation to live it, to, to do it, to be a just purchase person, a righteous person is to actually follow those things. And the part I would like to leave to us is this, is that Jesus himself, God knows that we're never going to be able to be, to follow these things perfectly. Yeah. Grace is always a part of this, right? We're going to try and fail and God's grace, right? He forgives us and we, to try again, to, to, to keep doing it. Um, so I, I, I would suspect that as people listen to this about prudence, about justice, and man, wait till we get to temperance and, and fortitude, uh, then I'm going to really make people guilty. 
So people, whoever, whoever uh, listened through our tithing episode in season one yeah. and made it, we might, we might finally lose them later on. But, <laughs> um, but the, the point is, is that um, we're, we're all saying this in the context of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking about being just people because that's what God wants us to be. But at the same time, we understand that the only justice we really have is Christ's own righteousness, his justice which has been given to us. It's been imputed to us. Um, not because of anything we have done. And so this, this graciousness that God has given to us allows us, it, it gives us the, the reason and the courage and the, the ability, I guess, uh, to, to seek being actually a righteous or just person. Um, there's always forgiveness, Right. So, so we, we need to, we need to try. So my, my thing is study his word and, and seek to be just. Study his word, seek to be just.